Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 55 The Return of Dorothy Gale Dorothy and her compatriots found themselves staring down the main street of Emerald. Bodies piled up, and the green streets red with innocent blood. What do you think happened here? asked Mr trying not to panic. Dorothy knew exactly what happened. The Tin Woodman happened here, she said. Do you think he's still in the city? I don't know. Knowing him, though, he's probably waiting for us. Waiting for me. Can't you use your glasses? Dorothy focused, but found she could not see anything in the city that was not in front of her. I can't. Something about this place it keeps me from using them. Like the greys. Well, what should we do then? Asked Mr even though he already knew the answer, as he did so many times before. He was hoping that by asking the question, Dorothy would come around to his way of thinking. She never did. I think the only thing we can do right now is go and see if Joseph is okay. I don't really want to, but... Is what we need to do. Yeah, I kind of figured that. I'm with you, all the way. All the way. Thanks, mister. The halls of the palace seemed darker than usual. It was actually difficult to make it through without tripping over the bodies of the slain. They had been through this particular part of the palace enough times to get to Joseph's chamber with minimal problems. As they approached the broken-down door to the throne room, their footsteps slowed, and their hearts raced faster than ever before. They stopped at the door and looked in, only to see the woodman standing before them, blood dripping from his hands, waiting with a smile on his face. Dorothy Gale, said the woodman as she entered the room. Mister behind her, and the lion behind him. You know, I didn't think I was ever going to see you again. But I remained hopeful. His voice was jovial, and his smile large. What are you doing here? Dorothy asked. I heard you went down south, Dorothy Gale, said the woodman, ignoring her question. Heard you went looking for 
Glinda the Good, that she might be able to help you get back to wherever it is you came from. <laughs> I see that didn't work out too well for you, though, did it? He pointed to his eyes, and his grin turned into a pretend frown. What are you doing here? Dorothy asked again. Believe it or not, Dorothy Gale, I had a bit of a bone to pick with the wizard, who, as it turns out, is not an actual wizard. But I'm sure you already knew that, didn't you? Dorothy remained silent. He did tell me something very, uh, interesting about you, though, before he met his unfortunate demise. The woodman looked down at his clawed gauntlet of a hand, still covered in blood and dripping. Yeah, said Dorothy, careful not to give him any more information than he might already have. Yeah, he told me that you are very special said that not only can you enter and leave the graves of your own volition, but you can take people and things into them. More importantly, you said you can bring people and things back out of them. Dorothy swallowed and bit her lip. That makes you very important to me. Dorothy Gale. Why is that? asked Dorothy, quietly and shortly, trying not to cry, to show any sign of weakness. You see, my beloved wife, Beatrice, just so happens to be in the gray fields of the East. And you think I'm going to help you get her back? Asked Dorothy. I would fucking die before I helped you. The woodman slowly stepped aside, revealing the hollowed remains of Joseph. I kind of thought you might say that. But you see, the thing is... You know I'm not above killing. And it's my understanding that if I kill you, I inherit that fancy jewelry of yours as well. Dorothy stepped back slowly as the woodman stepped forward slowly, matching her step for step. He raised his axe with both hands, his all-too-familiar, sinister grin stretching across his face once more. I guess you leave me no choice, he said as he moved closer to Dorothy, who was now too paralyzed by fear to move. Looking her in the eyes, he raised his axe, and his grin turned into a genuine smile of enjoyment. As he brought his axe down, the lion leapt upon him, only a split second, 
before it could make contact with Dorothy's soft skin, thus saving her life. The lion grew tired of the conversation and walked over to the dead body of Joseph to see for himself what happened. Beside the disembodied, disemboweled remains of the fraudulent wizard was a bottle laying on the floor in a pool of green liquid. He lapped some up and winced as the bitter liquid stung his large tongue. He looked at it and sniffed it again before lapping up some more. Before he knew it, he had taken in every drop on the floor. He playfully batted the bottle around like a kitten with a ball of string, causing it to spill more, and he continued to drink everything he could. He began to feel something as he took in the alcohol drop after drop. As the blood in his veins began to burn, his vision became blurred. It was as though a switch had flipped in his head, triggering a sense of rage that was foreign to him. He looked at the woodman and watched as he turned into a large gray mouse. He watched as he raised a giant turkey leg into the air and walked toward a strange little wood nymph accompanied by a giant sack of potatoes. He watched for a moment, his mouth salivating at the thought of a turkey leg, and pounced. He knocked the woodman down, and with his massive paws, claws extended, bashed in his metal face, scratching and clawing at his body, piercing deep holes into his chassis. His raw brute strength made the woodman look like nothing more than a tin can in the hands of an angry child. Dorothy watched as the woodman took the beating of a lifetime. Mister stood by, watching in shock. What's gotten into him? he asked. The lion stopped abruptly and looked around, the woodman twitching beneath his feet. The beast's eyes briefly filled with remorse as he stepped off the woodman and kicked him with his back feet. The force of the kick was so hard that it not only flung the woodman across the room and into a large window, but was strong enough to cause the window to crack and shatter upon impact. The woodman slowly stood up and looked around. What the fuck was that? Mister saw an opportunity not entirely different than that of his vision at Glinda's castle, and seized it. He rushed the woodman, the element of surprise once again on his side, and knocked him out of the window. He would have fallen himself had it not been for the lion pulling him back to safety. The moment of relief and thankfulness was short-lived, however, as the lion almost immediately began ripping him apart arms, legs, and head, all flying through the air in a mess of fabric and straw. The lion gave up his attack on the mouse when he noticed the turkey leg had fallen and was left unattended in the middle of the room. 
Turning his attention to the tastier treat, he inadvertently kicked the mouse as he leapt forward, with all the glee of a fat kid in a candy store, with a free all-you-can-eat buffet. His mouth watering at the sight of the turkey, he found himself distracted when out of the corner of his eye he noticed the bag of potatoes about to fall out the window. In a moment of desperate, gluttonous, hunger-induced panic, he ran to the potatoes and pulled them back in. His insatiable hunger dictated his every move as he ripped the bag to shreds. Dorothy watched in speechless shock and horror. Picking up Mister's head and one of his arms, she quietly fled the room. It was over now. Her world had turned into sheer chaos. Mister was in pieces. The woodman likely on his way back in to kill her. And the lion, whose cowardice she had taken for granted in the past, was now just as murderous and rage-filled as her metal nemesis. There was no end in sight for the struggles of Dorothy Gale. No light at the end of the tunnel. Only more dark days. <laughs>